Hello, I'm Lenai Quinta, a member of the Northwestern University Pride Alumni Club Board of Directors, NUPAC, and welcome to Who Knew? Who Knew is the NUPAC podcast where we interview distinguished LGBTQ plus alumni of Northwestern University and hear what their experiences were like, both pre-graduation and post-graduation. With me today is Alicia Gomez-Shaw. They are a former Sabre fencer for the Northwestern University teams, 2013 to 2017. Alicia is a three-time NC2A competitor and an All-American. Alicia, welcome to Who Knew? Thank you so much, Len. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And I think you hit my bio pretty much on the spot. Um, just going to add a couple more things. I was born in Mexico, Mexico City, and I moved to the U.S. when I was five years old. And I started fencing when I was about 10 years old. I was very fortunate to fence nationally, internationally, and like you mentioned, eventually at the division one level. Um, and like you said, I, I started fencing at Northwestern in fall 2013. Uh, and that's kind of where my whole uh, path started in terms of figuring out at college, college athletics, and my own identity as a queer individual. Well, that sounds like a lot to pack into a four-year college education, Alicia. And uh, back in the days when we were fighting the dinosaurs behind the cliffs of Bob and McCulloch, uh, it was a very, very different time. I wonder if you would uh, start, though, by telling us a little bit about um, what your current work is at Northwestern University with the uh, with the fencing team, which is pretty exciting. And they've been doing pretty well. I've, I think you have some news for us about that, don't you? Yeah. So clearly I couldn't get enough. Uh, about Northwestern and the fencing program here. So after I graduated in 2017, I decided to do the real world. Uh, I worked in sales for a little bit, but didn't, didn't end up being my thing. And fall or spring of 2018, I was invited back to be the part-time director of operations. Uh, I've been in the full-time role since last March. So I'm the full-time director of operations for the fencing program. And you're right, Len, uh, last NCAAs, we placed 10th uh, out of all the women's programs. And it's kind of a funny thing. Fencing is a separate men's, uh, fencing is a combined men's and women's championship. So unfortunately, we'll never win the overall title. But to have three fencers competing uh, out of six and to still be in the top 10 is pretty remarkable. Yes, it is, because there are a lot of people out there competing, aren't there? I mean, I have no idea what the size of the field is in fencing. Yeah, there's uh, 24 competitors per weapon, and there's three weapons. So if you do the math quickly, which I'm not going to do, um, <laughs> that that's a lot of people that you're competing against. So 23 other people that are, you know, fighting for their schools, respectively, to, you know, to make their claim and to make their mark. Well, that's terrific. Congratulations to all of the team members uh, from us here at NUPAC. Uh, now, what are you going to do next year? <laughs> uh, next year, you know, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to, you know, our goal is to make top five uh, to qualify a full six squad, uh, two in each weapon. And, you know, always try to bring home that national championship back to Evanston. Talk to us a little bit about your undergraduate experience, Alicia. I wonder if you would go into that a little bit. Uh, maybe you might, uh, without giving away too much of your age, tell us what era you were uh, you were in at Northwestern, uh, because everything changes at Northwestern and every place else. But the changes uh, in life uh, for LGBTQ plus alumni on campus has changed drastically since I was a student, and for the better. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So oof, let's start at the beginning. So my first year uh, at Northwestern, I didn't really know what I wanted to study. Like everyone, uh, I thought I was going to go to med school, bio, pre-med. I unfortunately uh, suffered a shoulder injury uh, winter of 2014. So I actually ended up dropping a class and kind of took my time to kind of figure out what is it that I'm passionate about? What is it that I'm interested in? And then fall, uh, sorry, spring of 2014, I actually ended up taking uh, my first African-American studies class with Professor Natasha Sharma. And it was called Diversity and Inequality at Northwestern. And it was my first introduction to the different systems of oppression that exist in higher education. And for the final project, I was actually able to dig in a little bit deeper uh, about college athletics and the different inequalities that uh, are there and continue to exist there. So while I did that project, I got really close with some administrators uh, in the athletic department. Um, one individual who is now the chief diversity equity uh, officer for Northwestern, Maria Sanchez, she really helped me along my social justice education path. And I was able to create two different student groups uh, with her and a couple other student athletes. The first is called Engage, which is the social justice and education branch for student athletes to learn more about uh, social justice engagement with their sports and also uh, with the city of Chicago and Evanston. And then the second was Athlete Alliance, and that started my senior year, uh, basically spring 2017. And that is the LGBTQ plus and ally affinity space uh, for student athletes and allies to come together and have conversations about what it means to be a queer student athlete and try to break down some of the different gender norms and perceptions of what it means to, you know, exist in these two realms, being queer and being a student athlete, specifically at Northwestern. Well, that's extraordinary, and it must have taken a lot of work. I, I remember what it takes to start a new student group at Northwestern or any place else, and uh, it takes a lot of effort, and I, I salute you for it. Now, are those still active today? Yes, both are very active still. So Engage has actually expanded to include two other uh, student affinity spaces, the International uh, Student Athlete Affinity Space, as well as the Black Student Athlete Affinity Space, and I'm actually the new staff liaison for Athlete Alliance, which is really nice to see it come full circle and to, to be further engaged with this as now as not only an alum, but as a staff person as well. Yeah, that's terrific. You were present at the creation, weren't you, to steal yeah. Dean Acheson's phrase. Now, mm -hmm. it's interesting to me what your uh, academic uh, degrees are in and how that relates to what you are doing today. Do you want to fill us in a little bit about that, Alicia? Yeah. So undergrad, I studied psychology and marketing. So psychology is really interesting to me. I've always really enjoyed it. Um, my late grandfather on my mom's side, he moved to the U.S. from India in the 70s and he had to redo his residency. He actually redid it twice. He redid it in neuroscience and then in psychiatry. So it's always kind of run in the family and it's always been something that I've been really passionate about, even though I don't feel like I'm going to be practicing anytime soon. But it's definitely given me a different perspective in terms of uh, the student experience, the student athlete experience and how you're 
juggling and balancing all these different um, exciting but demanding things uh, of you, especially as a student athlete. You got your academics, but then also you have your sports specific things and you want to succeed in both. And as I mentioned earlier, I graduated in 2017, did the real world, didn't like it, decided to go back to school so I could figure out what it was that I wanted to do, how I wanted to contribute back. And I realized I have to go back to Northwestern. I ended up getting a master's degree in higher education, administration, and policy from the School of Education and Social Policy, better known as SESPE. And I graduated in 2020 with that degree. Well, that so relates to everything you are doing today it, it completely. It makes absolute sense whether you intended it to, to be that way five years ago or so or not, doesn't it? That's wonderful. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to see the little paths in my life and how if you don't really investigate it, it kind of seems random. But if you really sit down with it, you start to kind of look at these little events that have, you know, transpired. It kind of makes sense to, that I've ended up where I am. Your core competencies and core interests, finally, they send they do tend to come to the fore, don't they? I, I, yes. I understand what you're saying now. uh Tell us a little bit more. You were deeply involved in uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion work as an undergraduate. I wonder, uh, not so much maybe the activities you did, but I wonder if you just tell us what that experience was like for you and how that informs your work uh, as a, an administrator and as a graduate uh, today, Alicia. You have a very interesting role and, and actually a responsibility. It's kind of an awesome responsibility and opportunity to be of service to the university in general and uh, to our community as well, doesn't it? Share that with yeah. us, okay? Yeah. yeah. So through my work in the athletic department, I serve as the staff liaison for Athlete Alliance, but I'm also on one of the committees for our justice education, diversity, sorry, justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion task force, better known as JEDI. And we have four different subcommittees that help progress the department when it comes to diversity, inclusion, all these uh, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, goals that we have as a department. And I'm very grateful to be part of the communications department or the communications subcommittee. And our goal is really to make public the work that we're doing internally, uh, external for our fans and different stakeholders, such as current students and prospective student athletes and their families. So there's a lot of different initiatives that we're trying to instill uh, and traditions that we're trying to instill in the department one of the first things that we ended up doing was actually the Together We Win uh, games, which just started this year. So each of the 19 programs had uh, their Together We Win game, which basically just is raising awareness of different inequalities that are persistent in athletics, but not exclusively in athletics either. You know, anything that's kind of going on in the community in each of the 19 programs was able to customize what their Together We Win game looks like. So for fencing, for example, we decided to highlight a community member. Her name is Nzinga Prescott. She's a very uh, successful fencer out in New York, and she started a, a nonprofit to help bring fencing to uh, minoritized um, 
groups in the, in the New York area. And then we also highlighted a different community group that we work with, uh, girls play sports. So they're a group that we, we teach fencing lessons to uh, about once a quarter. And we had about 50 participants in each session. So that's kind of my job and my role in the communications is to bring some of the work that we're doing internally more uh, outward facing and then within uh, NUDAR, Northwestern University Department of Athletics and Recreation, uh, to just bring more people together to the table to have these conversations, making them, them aware of different partnerships that we have um, and different opportunities for engagement with each other that there are. Well, that's terrific. It must be a very interesting experience to be working, especially with new and maybe even prospective students who have questions about their uh, comfort, safety, security, uh, issues of restrooms, perhaps, uh, those things. And uh, it's a big enough transition to get from high school to college. God knows all the things I imagined I'd have to worry about when I was a senior in high school, <laughs> most of which were irrelevant when I got to college. But this is a biggie, isn't it? Talk to us a little bit about what that's, what that's been like for you. Yeah. And, it's, and for uh, the students you work with, how do, how do they react to being able to access access you and those resources? Yeah, it's been, it's been an honor and a privilege to be involved with this stuff and also to be part of a university and specifically a department that's taking this very seriously and being very proactive about um, the uh, diversity, equity, inclusion work, right? When it comes to race and specifically for this podcast, LGBTQ um, issues. And you mentioned restrooms and we're actually developing uh, a guideline um, protocol kind of book or policy to help our department in all different areas um, help trans students and trans staff come to Northwestern and feel belong, right? It's not a matter of if this will happen, it's a matter of when this will happen and are we prepared when we do have our first trans athlete or our first trans staff member to help them in this process and make it as uh, good of an experience as possible. So being able to talk to other staff members about this, being able to talk to my current students about this and be someone that they can trust, someone that they can come to, um, I'm just really grateful that I have that opportunity, that chance to make a small difference in someone's life. Um, I just know that when I was a student athlete, I had that one person in the athletic department who helped shape my life. And if I can just be that one person for a fencing student athlete or another student athlete that I get to interact with, um, I would say that my, my job is done. My work is complete. Um, and I, I hope that just, you know, letting people know on this podcast that this is the stuff that Northwestern is doing makes them proud to be alumni as well. Makes me proud to be a graduate of Northwestern as well, Alicia. Now you're, you're bilingual. Has, has that entered into your experience at Northwestern and your work you're doing? And maybe you tell us a little bit about that, that bilingualism you have, which I would think is a great advantage. Yeah, it's, 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 Strangely enough, hasn't interact hasn't come up as much as I thought it would. Um, however, we do have a couple of international students uh, on the fencing team who 
are from Spanish-speaking countries. So I think that definitely helps them feel a sense of comfort, uh, knowing that there's someone on the staff who can kind of relate to them in a different way, even though they're not from Mexico specifically. Uh, there are definitely some like shared uh, cultural things in, in terms of being part of the Latina experience and also being an immigrant to the United States that um, is just, you know, it's a different, it's a different thing. Um, it definitely played a larger role when I was in school versus uh, being a, a staff member, but um, it was uh, it was really mostly during the 2016 election where I felt those different identities kind of pop up a little bit more. That must have been a little uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, it was a little uncomfortable, um, but I think just being in a pretty liberal city in a pretty liberal campus with a growing Latina population definitely made me feel more of a sense of pride than fear um, about who I am. And I think that also relates to just my queer identity as well. 2016 was really challenging uh, for me personally, especially seeing in very public forums the way that identities that were very salient to me were being weaponized and attacking me and, and where fear could very easily set in, I decided that I wasn't going to let that happen because I need to show up for like younger me, right? Younger me needed someone who was out and proud and not afraid to show off who I was. And so 2016 was really a big turning point for me where it strengthened my resolve to be more open and queer, to be more uh, open to share my Latina identity and the experiences as being a dual citizen, uh, Mexico and the U.S. So I think it was just a really interesting time in my life. And now it being 2022, seeing all of that internal work really coming out and being able to talk about these things, because if you were to ask me five, six years ago to talk about this, I don't think I could have, but I'm glad that I'm able to now. That's, that's quite a story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us so much. Now you've had uh, experience in the not-for-profit world, uh, which is where you are. And that's what I did my entire life. I was fortunate to be in the not-for-profit sector my entire life. That's very different from the for-profit sector. You got a taste uh, were there issues, uh, any observations uh, from your personal experience between the for-profit sector and the not-for-profit sector where you are now in higher ed uh, in terms of your identity and of the way you got treated? Anything you not noticed or want to want to talk about in terms of maybe sharing uh, experiences with other, other graduates, other alumni, uh, Alicia? Yeah, I think it's really interesting, Len, that you say this because Corporate America is trying, I think, but I'm I'm wondering why they're trying. Is it really just to tick off a checkbox versus at a college, a university? What I've felt is that a lot of the activism is being driven by the students. And usually when there's student activism involved, if we look at the past, students tend to be on the right side of history. So I think there's a there's a little bit of a difference between the for-profit and non-profit worlds, especially thinking about being in education. Um, 
where there's very intentional change and attention to why we're trying to do what we're trying to do. Um, I think that was also one of the reasons why I wanted to pivot away from for-profit and return back to um, a student-facing environment. It's just that students are always thinking and always changing, and they're helping transform the colleges that they're a part of. And I think about the history of higher education in the U.S. and who it was built for and how those students, right, are now changing rapidly. So who, who higher education was intentionally intended for, white cisgendered males, is vastly different to the student population now in 2022 and how the students are really forcing uni universities and colleges all over the country to really rethink, like, what is this place for and who is it for and how can we make it more accessible, more inclusive? So I think there's, there is definitely a difference. I wasn't in the for-profit sector for very long, but for the time that I was there compared to the time that I'm here now in the nonprofit sector, um, there's just a different vibe. And I think it's just based off of who's leading these initiatives and, and how are they trying to accomplish these goals? That's very thoughtful. And there sure is a difference in rigor uh, between uh, the corporate America, even small corporations, and the academic setting, for sure, in the way that these things uh, get looked at. Uh, and uh, I've noticed uh, the Human Development Services Agencies really take this stuff very seriously in terms of the implementation and training. Mm -hmm. Alicia, I wonder if you would have a few words of advice. Uh, there's a student. A student is approaching you. Uh, they want to know about Northwestern University. They want to know about the academic environment. But they're a member of the LGBTQ plus community. And they say, um, Alicia, tell me now. Tell me really. Is Northwestern the place for me? What would you tell them? I would say yes. I would say go for it. It's a challenging place. But there are so many people here who truly want to see you succeed. And it's about making those connections with your other students and the administrators who really, they really do deeply care. I know that sometimes there can seem like there's a lot of tension between students and the administrators, but being a former student, having gone through a very specific program that helps me understand universities better and now being an administrator, I can say for myself at least, I'm an administrator who deeply cares about my students' experiences and I wanna help in whatever way I can. So you just have to come and talk and ask the question because unfortunately <laughs> we're not mind readers. I wish we were, I think it would make this job a lot easier. Um, but if it were easy, right, everyone would do it. So yes, this place is difficult. This place is meant to test you, but there is so much joy that can be found here as well. As long as you have the courage to stand up for yourself and the courage to ask for what you want and what you deserve. So that's what I would say. I would say, come here, find me. And I'm going to do my best to help you through this. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much to our guest today on Who Knew, Alicia Gomez-Shaw from the Athletic Department, an alumna and a real wildcat of the first order. 
Thank you for being part of uh, this first video podcast of Who Knew, Alicia? And thank you for watching and listening. Thanks to the Northwestern University Alumni Association for supporting this NUPAC podcast and making it available to Northwestern University alumni within and without our community. And also to our producer, Mark Staros, for his um, heavy-duty efforts in making all of this come together. I do the easy part. I just sit here and interview people, which is a lot of fun. So for Northwestern University Pride Alumni Council, and on behalf of Alicia Gomez-Shaw, go Wildcats! Thank you for being with us. Good day. Go Cats. <laughs>